Genesis chapter 25, verses 1 to 34. Now Abraham took another wife, whose name was Keturah. She bore to him Zimran, and Jokshan, and Midan, and Midian, and Ishbak, and Shua. Jokshan became the father of Sheba, and Dedan. And the sons of Dedan were Asherim, and Letushim, and Lumim. The sons of Midian were Ephah, and Ephor, and Hanok, and Abida, and Eldaah. All these were the sons of Keturah. Now Abraham gave all that he had to Isaac, but to the sons of his concubines, Abraham gave gifts while he was still living, and sent them away from his son Isaac eastward to the land of the east. These are all the years of Abraham's life that he lived, 175 years. Abraham breathed his last and died in a right old age, an old, an old man and satisfied with life, and he was gathered to his people. Then his sons Isaac and Ishmael buried him in the cave of Machpelah, in the field of Ephron, the son of Zohar the Hittite, facing Mamre, the field which Abraham purchased from the sons of Heth. There Abraham was buried with Sarah, his wife. It came about after the death of Abraham that God blessed his son Isaac, and Isaac lived by Beer Lahairoi. Now these are the records of the generations of Ishmael, Abraham's son, whom Hagar the Egyptian, Sarah's maid, bore to Abraham. And these are the names of the sons of Ishmael by their names, in the order of their birth. Nebaoth, the firstborn of Ishmael, and Kedar, and Adipil, and Mibsam, and Mishma, and Duma, and Masa, Hadad, and Tema, Jetor, Nafish, and Kedama. These are the sons of Ishmael, and these are their names, by their villages, and by their camps, twelve princes according to their tribes. These are the years of the life of Ishmael, 137 years, and he breathed his last and died, and was gathered to his people. They settled from Havilah to Shur, which is east of Egypt, as one goes, goes towards Assyria. He settled in defiance of all his relatives. Now these are the records of the generations of Isaac, Abraham's son. Abraham be became the father of Isaac, and Isaac was 40 years old when he took Rebekah, the daughter of Bethuel, the Aramean of Padam Aram, the sister of Laban, the Aramean, to be his wife. Isaac prayed to the Lord on behalf of his wife because she was barren. And the Lord answered him, and Rebekah, his wife, conceived. But the children struggled together within her, and she said, If it is so, why then am I this way? So she went to inquire of the Lord. The Lord said to her, Two nations are in your womb, and two peoples will be separated from your body, and one people shall be stronger than the other, and the older shall serve the younger. When her days to be delivered were fulfilled, behold, there were twins in her womb. Now the first came forth red, all over like a hairy garment, and they named him Esau. Afterwards, his brother came forth with his hand holding onto Esau's heel. So his name was called Jacob, and Isaac was 60 years old when she gave birth to them. When the boys grew up, Esau became a skillful hunter, a man of the field. But Jacob was a peaceful man, living in tents. Now Isaac loved Esau because he had a taste for game, but Rebekah loved Jacob. When Jacob had cooked stew, Esau came in from the field, and he was famished. And Esau said to Jacob, Please let me have a swallow of that red stuff there, for I am famished. Therefore his name was called Edom. But Jacob said, First, 
sell me your birthright. Esau said, Behold, I am about to die. So what use of then is this birthright to me? And Jacob said, First swear to me. So he swore to him and sold his birthright to Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau bread and lentil stew, and he ate and drank and rose and went on his way. Thus Esau despised his birthright. Now we go back to Genesis. It's been a while. We had a series starting from chapter 1, and we highlighted some chapters, but right now we are on chapter 25. Uh, the title for this sermon is God's Chosen, because God does choose people, God's chosen. And uh, from the first part of this chapter, we were told that Abraham took another wife named Keturah, there is some debate here because some believe that Abraham took a wife after Sarah died, but there's a school of thought that says, no, it cannot be possible because by the time Abraham was 100, according to Paul in their oral tradition, is that uh, Abraham was as, his body was as good as death when it comes to giving a seed for a child. So his capability at 100 was low. So if he married after Sarah, he would not have children through Keturah. So I am inclined, I'm not saying I'm definite, and that's the way to study scripture. Be careful with what you're definite and with what you're not. Be open about it. <clears throat> I'm more inclined to believe that Keturah was already in existence when Sarah was still alive. Though we would say that Keturah would be the most unmentioned significant person in the Bible, one of the most unmentioned. Why? Because she was still a mother of nations, because everyone that Abraham touched became nation or nations. That's the promise of God to Abraham. Isn't Abraham a wonderful father? <laughs> We've probably been traced to some of them, but one thing I'm sure, Noah is my ancestral uh, father. Uh, don't you think so? Uh, of course, everybody came from Noah. Keturah, then the sons were told, and then there was a mention of Isaac and Ishmael. Let's go to verse 9. Can we jump to verse 9? Then his sons Isaac and Ishmael buried him in the cave of Machpelah in the field of Ephron, the son of Zohar the Hittite, facing Mamre. So Abraham was buried in that place where they owned. You see, Abraham was called by God to move from their house to a certain place in obedience to God. And he was able to purchase a land, living there for a long, long time. But before Sarah, uh, when Sarah died, he was able to purchase a land. And that land was where they were buried. Sort of a, a, a step of faith to say, this land is ours. Abraham was called by God, was chosen by God, because there was a problem. And many people forget this, that there was a problem in Genesis 11. In Genesis 11, the people of the land said, let us not separate. Let us just stay in one place and build a tower. That is in direct defiance of God's command, both to Adam and to Noah. They were told to spread out and fill the earth. God has a program. The earth must be filled, separate from one another. Yet they said, no, we will stay here. We love our relatives so much. We're going to stay here and build a tower. But God would make sure his plan would be followed. Therefore, 
He confused their languages. Suddenly, one day, as they were defying God and building a tower that would reach heaven, trying to be equal with God, their languages were confused and they could not understand each other. Suddenly, somebody was speaking Chinese. Suddenly, somebody was speaking Japanese. Suddenly, somebody was speaking English. Somebody was speaking Bicolano and Rinconada. In a mix of languages, therefore, they had no choice because they could not understand each other but to separate. And God did this in his kindness. Because before, when, when the people defied God for a long time, in Noah's time, they were destroyed by a flood. This time, no. No more destruction of people. They will be spread out. And then I, I have a plan to reach them out. The plan, the first part of the plan was the call of Abraham. If you recall in chapter 12, he was called by God, separate from your father's place. Again, spread out, move out. So he went out to go to a land called Canaan, promised by God. And he said to Abraham, you shall be blessed. I will bless you and you shall be a blessing to all the families of the earth. The families who were scattered, take note, within the context. Be a blessing to all the different peoples, tribes, nations. That's why in the time of Jesus Christ, before he left his disciples, he said to them, go and make disciples of all ethne. The word nations there is not geopolitical nations, but ethne, meaning a kind of people, uh, race, and language. Kung sa Tagalog, lahi at lingwahe. Ang mga lahi, iba-iba ang lingwahe din. All of them must be reached. And that was the plan of God. And there was success. There will be success, I mean, because in the book of Revelations, it's clear there, it's clear in the book of Revelations that every tongue, tribe, and nation, every tongue, every language would worship him one day. But not right now, we live in the time where the blessing of Abraham through Christ must be expressed through us. That's why, forgive me if I am biased sometimes, when we talk about missions, I'm more excited with cross-cultural missions, meaning reaching the unreached, people groups. When I say people group, a people with their own language without a viable witness of Christ yet, or a very weak witness of Christ. So the missions we have here is not really that point of not frontier missions. It's we, missionologists call it regular missions, where you go to not so far from here and go there. Because the Bicolanos is a rich group. We have our own language, and it's a rich group. I would even say there are more churches here than there are gasoline stations. So I prefer growing this church, building the young, and sending them forth. That's why in the churches we planted before where the people grew very fast because when we tell them, read your Bible, when we ask them to pray, they pray hard. When we ask them fast because it will, you will grow spiritually and, and you will grow strong, share the gospel. They would share the gospel, make disciples, and they would. Because they were so obedient in a short period of time, we were able to send some of them into the field, into the underground world of sharing to the unreached people groups, even the places where it is illegal. Take note, there are still around 8,000 people groups, tribes with different languages who have not known Jesus Christ yet. For me, that is the priority, frontier missions. And I always pray, Lord, I've been here three years. When will we ever, here in GCF Naga, send to the real stuff, do the real thing? You see, we're still playing here. 
oh, I'm still happy that people get to know Christ, but that is not the real thing. We've been living like ordinary people. Paul said to Timothy, like a soldier, do not be like the ordinary people because we live a different kind of life. We are people on a mission. We are soldiers on a mission. But most of us are still content with doing ministry here in very small ways, not in evangelism, not in discipleship, or we do not even contribute to the global missions effort of really reaching the unreached groups. We like going to the groups that are already reached, like uh, the Bajaos. It's good to reach the Bajaos, but there are Bajau pastors already. There are Bajau believers already. They even have their own livelihood. One time I was in Palawan, a good pastor invited us to preach in Puerto Princesa and gave us a gift to go around El Nido. And when I was stepping out of the hotel and to the boat, and then there was these, these uh, sellers of pearls. And then, uh, and then one approached me, I said, oh, that's nice. And of course, in my mind, this would be expensive in Manila. So. Uh, uh, then I was talking, I think, to one of my children, and then the budget said, Sir, Christian, can you, sir? Christian? Uh, uh, yeah. Oh, just come worship, sir. Samaka, samaka, worship, come here. Praise God. But years ago, I know that one of the first who really penetrated them, and I would say that's a different language. Ibang lahi, ibang lenguaje. So we must reach out. So all these tribes, all these people were scattered, but in the grand plan of God, he had to first call a man and take care of his family so that this family would become a nation, and through this nation, Messiah would be born. Jesus Christ would be born and fulfill the true promise of Abraham being a blessing to all peoples by saying to his disciples, go and make disciples of all nations. So my friends, we study right now this family. God chose this family. God chose individuals. God chose people so that he would fulfill his plan. So among so many in that time, Abraham would be faithful. And God knew who he would choose. So he chose Abraham. Abraham was chosen to be a blessing to others. Yet he would only see the promise through Isaac, even though he had another son whose name was Ishmael. And we, it was discussed here in this text that Ishmael had 12 sons who became leaders of 12 tribes as well. But right now, we cannot really pinpoint the country, a specific country that is, uh, that is under Ishmael, but we can say because they intermarried, they were not strict in intermarrying, we would say Ishmael's sons is, is in the Arab world or his blood is all over the Arab world, and some would even believe that they were direct line of, of Ishmael. Okay, so uh, even though Egypt was before that, Egypt already existed before Ishmael existed, yet some would say the other countries, especially near, near Assyria or Syria, and then, of course, those are two different things. Uh, Assyria was much larger, but then that would be a place where we would find their people. However, the emphasis of the Bible would not be on the sons of Ishmael. It would be Abraham. Then between Ishmael and Isaac, Isaac was chosen. But take note that Abraham loved Ishmael very much. In fact, he thought the promise can happen through Ishmael. But that was man trying to help God fulfill his plan. Trying to be aggressive to say, Lord, I know your plan. I'll do it my way and help you out in your plan. Therefore, Ishmael was there. And until today, 
uh, the sons of Ishmael is at war against the sons of Isaac. War in the Middle East. But then God said, no, no, it's through your, your legal wife. It's through, it's through your wife, Sarah, that Isaac, it's through Isaac that the promise would be fulfilled. Through Isaac. Therefore, God showed Abraham that clarity. You know, that's how God reveals his plan for us at times. It's step by step. Not immediately, but we have to take the step of faith. And as we take the step of faith and obey God, things become more clear. And uh, God chose Isaac. Verse 10, the field which Abraham purchased from the sons of Heth, from Abraham, was buried with Sarah, his wife. And take note, Abraham was buried there. Isaac would be too, but not Ishmael. No other, not from this. Anybody out of this line would not be buried there except those within the line. It came about after the death of Abraham that God blessed his son Isaac. And Isaac lived in Bir Lahairoi. Somebody said to me, I knew it, Pastor Ed. Beer is in the Bible. Uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, it says beer, but it means it's a place, okay? Uh, then, uh, now these are the records of the generations of Ishmael, Abraham's son, whom Hagar, the Egyptians, Egyptian Sarah's maid, bore to Abraham. Hagar was a concubine, yet a slave, but higher than a slave. They're considered higher than a slave. Keturah was one as well. They were not the wife like Sarah. So, uh, the tradition then was, was, the sons of, of the slave or a concubine would be set free, given their freedom. They would be given their freedom and their given gifts, but they would not be heirs. They could not be heirs. They could only be given their freedom. Uh, a brother asked me one time, we had some brothers fellowship downstairs, uh, how come in the Old Testament, God wasn't that strict when it comes to uh, concubines? How come in the New Testament, God's very clear and very strict? I said, too bad for you. You were born in the New Testament. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> but I said, practical wisdom states, number one, that those who had more than one wife had a lot of headaches. And it is true. Practical wisdom, Proverbs says, uh, he who, well, let me just paraphrase. He who gives himself to many women will end up like a loaf of bread. So we were sharing, can you imagine the attention needed by one woman is already tremendous. Can you imagine two women looking for attention from one man? It will drive you crazy. And if you look at the Old Testament, it was never peaceful. When <clears throat> one Hagar started to act like a wife, not knowing her place, it was a headache for Sarah, but not only for Sarah, but also for Abraham. You will read later on that Jacob was deceived by his father-in-law that instead of getting the woman he really truly loves, he was given another. Therefore, he, had to, uh, he was deceived in having two wives and that his life was never peaceful. And you look at Solomon. Some people say, Solomon, look at Solomon. So many, uh, so many wives and concubines. So I say to you that... One, it was for peace, so that they will have some political reasons for it, so that they would not go into war. That's why he wanted to have peace with so many nations. But in near the end of his life, these other, other wives took him away from the Lord. It was not good for him. I just hope he repented, because it, was, it didn't stay there. I just hope he did. True enough, 
You get more than one, you'll get more than what you bargained for. It's never peaceful and never happy. Have I convinced you yet? <laughs> so, uh, and these are the names of the sons of Ishmael by their names in their order of their birth. Can we skip? Okay, he lived 137 years, actually quite young. You know, in those days it was 180 years. Abraham missed five years. Uh, not too bad. Uh, but then he lived only 137 years. Next, they settled from Havilah Shur, from east of Egypt. And here, as one goes toward Assyria, he settled in defiance of all his relatives. So he's always in that war path, okay, of not liking people. And that was prophesied on him as well. And now these are the records of the generations of Isaac, Abraham's son. Abraham became the father of Isaac. And Isaac was 40 years old when he took Rebekah, the daughter of Bethuel, the Aramean, of Padan Aram, the sister of Laban, the Aramean, to be his wife. Isaac prayed to the Lord on behalf of his wife because she was barren, and the Lord answered him, and Rebekah, his wife, conceived. So uh, Rebekah was barren for a while, but not for a long time, not compared to Sarah. Uh, it's not like waiting like forever in Abraham's case. Maybe the Lord just wanted Isaac to sort of empathize with what Abraham went through. Maybe. It's not in the Bible, but it's just me thinking probably, maybe. So he would appreciate the long wait of his fathers until he came. So, uh, but the children struggled together within her, and she said, If it is so, why then am I this way? So she went to inquire of the Lord. See, she was pregnant. But then there was something happening within. Actually, they were twins. And they were already fighting inside the womb. The fight started inside the womb, not outside. Twins fighting within. And she was thinking, why am I like this? She was struggling. Some pregnant women struggle with just one child inside, right? Waking you up, kicking, moving. Sometimes you have to turn and turn. And sometimes you feel so hungry because a baby's hungry. It causes a lot of discomfort in taking care of the child. But can you imagine twins fighting within? He, she inquired of the Lord. The Lord said to her, two nations are in your womb. The two peoples will be separated from your body. And one people shall be stronger than the other. And the older shall serve the younger. So God revealed to Rebecca, because Rebecca inquired of the Lord. But take note in this context, with a promise, a long line with a promise, is it was revealed to Rebecca. It's through the wife, the mother, not necessarily Isaac. So it's the mother who heard what was the plan of God. When her days to be delivered were fulfilled, behold, there were twins in her womb, now the first came forth red all over like a hairy garment, and they named him Esau. Afterwards, his brother came forth with his hand holding onto Esau's heel. Pagapanganakumahabul pa yung isa. No! Because they both wanted to be the first. Why? Because there are some rights for being the first. No! So the struggle was real. And so his name was called Jacob, and Isaac was 60 years old, and when she gave birth to them. When the boys grew up, Esau became a skillful hunter, a man of the field. But Jacob was a peaceful man living in tents. Oh, the other was a hunter. The other lived in tents. Now, Isaac loved Esau because he had a taste for game. 
But Rebekah loved Jacob because he's always around the tent helping out. Uh, but Isaac was never this, this hunter type. So that's perhaps he's appreciating his son. He never had the chance to be, or never gave himself the chance to be the hunter. But for his eldest son, it seemed to be natural. He's hairy. He looks like an animal. He can, <laughs> he can uh, disguise himself as like one of the animal and, and kill the game. Okay? Kill, hunt. And then, but he, he doesn't cook too much. He hunts, he kills, but, uh, well, you'll, you'll find out that if you like to hunt and get game but not know how to cook, uh, it's still worthless for some unless you want to eat it raw. And uh, when Jacob had cooks too, oh, okay, here's the thing. This is important, very significant. When Jacob cooks too, Esau, or Esau came in from the field and he was famished. He was hungry. And Esau said to Jacob, please let me have a swallow of that red stuff there, for I am famished. Therefore, his name was called Edom. But Jacob said, first tell me your birthright. Esau said, behold, I am about to die. So of what use then is a birthright to me? God chose Abraham. God chose Isaac. But before they were born, God already chose Jacob. And even Paul in Romans 9 said that before even doing good or evil, God has made his choice. So may I ask you, does God make choices? I, I kept saying it. Come on, don't you get it? Does God make choices? Yes. yes, he does. But somebody would say, oh, is it God unfair if he makes choices? You see, that's what you think with your limited, finite human mind. That's what you think. Therefore, we don't really care what you think, okay? Because Paul said, even, you just read Romans 9, 10, and 11, about God planning and his destiny being fulfilled, saying, what are we to say if God designs it that way? Who are we to ask? Will the pot say to the potter, why did you make me this way? In fact, we just have to appreciate what God makes of us. We just say, thank you, Lord. Amen and hallelujah. This guy... God already said it would be the younger. But this guy also did not give importance to his birthright. And in that time, that is a terrible thing to do. Not respect your own birthright. He was the firstborn. He had many rights as, as the firstborn. But Jacob somehow maybe knew what was inside him. I don't know. Maybe his mother told him. Perhaps it's not written, but that's just perhaps. So he said, give me your birthright. And immediately, this guy, just because he was hungry, sold him the birthright. So you know what I say about this? Because he's hungry, I'm going to die, I'm so hungry, just give me that stew. No, no, he despised it. He did not give importance to it. Ang tawag ko dito, Marte. Hunter nga. Ang arte naman. Magaling pumatay, kaarte naman. It's just like some of you, Pastor Ed. I can't live without rice. Arte. So many people around the world don't eat rice. And some are even diabetic already, and the doctor told them, stop eating white rice. I can't. You know, you get dizzy for a few days. That's it. After that, it, it's gone. Two or three days, it's gone. You don't feel hunger anymore. 
You don't feel dependent anymore. But since you never experienced fasting, what do you know? But some of you did experience fasting and you realized, yes, after a while, that craving is reduced. Right now, the craving you have for this much food gets smaller. And then you try to eat and you suddenly, you're so full. Where once upon a time, you eat four cups of rice. Now, one half is even hard enough. Ah, arte. Parang sanay na yung deal ako na na ito kasing train lo, nagmahal tuloy ang soft drinks. Every meal, sanay na akong may soft drinks. Arte. That's killing you. If one thing they got right, that's it. Make it difficult to buy sugary drinks. Because it's killing us. Diabetes is on the rise and that didn't start when they were old. That started when they were young. Having the bad habits. And now they're also linking sugar to heart disease. Wow. That's why this guy is maarte. He easily gave up his birthright just for food. I'll explain later the significance of this. And Jacob said, first swear to me. So he swore to him and sold his birthright to Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau bread and lentils too. And he ate and drank and rose and went on his way. Just like that. Thus, he despised his birthright. So a few things I'd like to remind you before we end. Believe that God is a God of destiny. He will fill his plan to his people. He has a plan to reach the world, all the nations of the world, all the ethnic of the world. Whether you want to be part of, not, of it or not, it's up to you. But I want to be part of it. I want to be part of it. I want to go beyond just preaching to you. We've been sending out missionaries. I haven't sent out real ones here from here. Not yet. The real ones that go frontier. None yet. Because I have a lot of bunch of arte here. I have no time to read the Bible. I haven't finished my Bible for seven years. I'm really sorry, Pastor. I won't do that. Only in my mind I would. Then I say, Lord, forgive me for thinking that way. You don't understand scripture. You're too afraid to share what God did in your life to others. You're too, even too afraid if you're asked about certain things in scripture that you don't even want to defend for the sake of just getting along. We need a people who wants to be part of God's agenda. Whatever background you are, if you want to, what you need is to learn to be mentored. Choose your mentors. But we will never fulfill God's destiny in our lives if we, that's why we studied Abraham, that faith, that trusting God, that daring. To do what God wants us to do as we know according to his word. Believe that God is a God of destiny and he will fulfill. And if we fight against God's destiny, what did God do in the Tower of Babel? Confuse their language. Still fulfill this plan. Do you know in history as we studied mythology, my wife and I studied uh, this three-week course on mythology. In history, it is, clear, it, was, it is clear in history. Every nation that got to know the Lord 
but does not move to spread it out. Either had famine, a problem that made them spread out, or they got invaded, take note, invaded, enslaved, therefore the word of God spread. God will do whatever it takes because he is more committed to his plan than our comfort. Did you hear that? That's contrary to what these Western, not all, not all, but a lot of these Western preachers are preaching. They don't preach self-denial. They don't preach repentance. They just preach about your best life now. They just preach about how God will bless you and make you rich not talking about the things that one must give up. Yes, Abraham was blessed, but he gave up his whole family to move out. There are sacrifices to be made. Number two, value the birthright. You have the birthright in Christ if there's true faith in you. What do I mean? True faith by grace through faith will bear fruit. The fruit of the Spirit comes out in you. That, fruit, that desire to learn God's Word. Because the Word, the Holy Spirit, draws you to the Word of God. If you truly have a relationship with God through repentance and faith, the Word of God beckons to you. It calls on you to be understood. And then you see the beauty of it. It's only the Holy Spirit can do that. And your life is changed by it. By faith, it's only the Holy Spirit can do that. Going back to husband and wife, we always remind us here that we cannot change our spouse. Only God can. And many of you, after years of trying to change your spouse, already gave up and said, Bahala na si Lord. Amen? Amen. After a hundred disappointments, I'm telling you, those who are newly married, listen. It's through by kneeling down and praying that Christ be formed in us. Not our will for them to be, but God's will for them. God's will for them, the key to change the man to a man of God is bring him closer to God. Make him fall in love with Scripture. Make him kneel down and pray for his family. That the love of God would be in his heart. But if you're just going to try to change him by sharing your disappointment, I'm disappointed in you. Do not despise the birthright. Do not despise that relationship with God. Do not compromise that. You know, one of the things, another terrible thing that this man, Esau, did, he did not marry from his, his family who respected Yahweh. Yes, it brought grief to his father and mother because he married the idolaters of the land. Oh, that's in Scripture, and it gave grief to Isaac. That his son is now influenced by idolatry. And some of us don't even care who we marry if they're influenced by idolatry or not. We just move forward. We even get married in the midst of a, a place full of idols. Oh my. Where have we gone? How far have we fallen? Where we find it's okay. It's not okay. We, never, we always respect the birthright. Did you hear me? Respect the birthright in Christ. I will never compromise that. They can kill me. They can torture me. But I will never renounce my faith in Him. And I will live on God's Word. That should be our commitment. 
and believe that all of us have a part to play in God's divine plan to bless every people, tribe, and tongue. Friends, we have to grow up in Christ that we may be used by God. Grow up. Can you say with me, grow up? You see, God is always looking. There's a scripture. I love this scripture. The eyes of the Lord move to and fro over the whole earth, looking for the one whose heart is completely his. That's why I don't believe in half Christianity. Hey, baby pa yan kay Lord. Dapat buo na ang commitment. Yung baby kay Lord, buo na ang commitment. Ba't natututo pa siya? Nagkakamali pa siyang marami. Okay yun, pero buo na ang commitment. Hindi yung half committed, one-fourth, three-fourths. Ano yan? Pizza. If you think that way, I will dare to say you're probably a false believer. You think you're going to heaven, but you're not. You go back to scripture. The evidence, your life, must. there must be evidence. No, it's not by works. It's by grace, through faith, but the evidence must be there. But some of us just attend church every Sunday. But from Monday to Saturday, we don't care. We don't read the Bible. We don't care what God said in the Bible. We don't care. Sometimes we already know what's there. We still don't follow. We don't care. Like Esau, you don't care. You have no right to the birthright. But you can. You can. If you say, Lord, what you say, every word you say is important to me. Jacob understood the importance of that. Jacob understood that the God of Abraham, Isaac, he wanted to be part of it. And he was the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And he was part of it. He wanted that birthright. But even though it would be given, but still he wanted it. Do you want the birthright in Christ? Do we want it? The love of Christ revealed. God revealed his love to us through Christ. He died on the cross for us. And Jesus said when he was on earth, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. We must repent of our sins. Paul summarized it, for by grace you are saved through faith. Not of yourselves, not your own good works, but by grace through faith. So that no one would boast it is a gift of God. We have no right, but Christ, the firstborn of many brethren according to scripture, he has the right, and in him we have that right. So much better than Jacob and Esau, right? For here, we don't have to struggle. We don't have to fight with each other. We just fight what? We fight against our own flesh. We deny the flesh, but we come to Christ and hold on to him. Let us pray. Father in heaven, thank you for your grace and for your goodness. Thank you. You are a God of choice. And you have chosen Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob that there would be a nation a nation would grow, a strong nation, a nation where we would learn and understand, a nation where Christ would be born, a nation, Lord, who was commissioned through Abraham to be a blessing, yet the fulfillment of the blessing will come through those who follow Christ. For we too, according to Galatians, are children of Abraham by faith. So we fulfill this promise of yours to be a blessing to all the scattered ones, all the ethne, all the nations of the earth. Father, we thank you and we praise you. Let us all rise. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father, and the fellowship of His Spirit be with you all. And God's people say, Palakpakan po natin ang Panginoon.